Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hey there, and welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. That man, right on, over, all the way over Minneapolis, Minnesota, coming live at you is from Event Technology Consulting, the six, Brant Kruger. The, the six? Yeah, like S-I-X. Like the number? Yeah, I the, su- jedger- oh, the generator did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, that's why uh, I'm wondering if six can be an adjective. That's a good question. I don't know that a, I guess it's a descriptor of the number. I just I guess I always kind of thought numbers were kind of their own thing. I guess, yeah. I just Googled it. And, uh, is six All right, grammar folks out there, let us know. Is a number an adjective? It when is it's a followed by a noun, it is an adjective, it says, that person says. So by saying, like, the, the, the six Brandt Kruger, so, like, if there are six of you, there would be, that's an adjective. Okay. So seven maids of milking, six lords of leaping, those are all adjectives. Yeah, 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 there you go. All right. (laughs) Well, by the way, that guy over there is the flimsy Will Kern from Endless Events. You just said that because my adjective generator is pretty flimsy on how it's considered an adjective. Yeah, more more about your adjective generator than that. Well, what are we going to talk about today, sir? Sir? Yeah, so uh, this one comes from uh, a question that, or a stories that I hear all the time, and I thought it was uh, uh, kind of cool to do uh, both uh, why does this happen and kind of be empathetic with it, but also at the same time, too, it'd just be funny because I think we all have good stories about this, or when we've hired someone that's done this way, or we've, you know, co-worked with someone, maybe that's this has happened, but, you know, why, like, what happens to do when your AV company is slacking off, or what happens when you're AV technician falls asleep at the board or in a hallway right outside a breakout room or like when they look bored and they're on like Netflix on their iPad, you know, you can kind of, uh, I I guess, uh, uh, throw this in here in a lot of different stories, but like related to slacking off. Like generally what happens when an AV company, AV technician is slacking off? What do you do and like what's the best way to handle it? But also as well, it's like, why does this happen? So, Brent, I'm sure you, you, everyone's got a story about this, right? We've all got stories and I have many of them. Yeah, it's, um, maybe we can kind of use each story as a jumping off point um, to discuss the potential uh, reasons behind, empathy moments, all that kind of good stuff. So maybe we start with the uh, kind of obvious one, which is the falling asleep. Um, <laughs> my favorite one of these was is, is when the camera person falls asleep. No. Um, yep, I've definitely seen it, and you see the right. The was IMAX he locked shot. off, or he, or like nope, the shot it was not oh locked my God. off. The IMAX, the IMAX suddenly just starts tilting <laughs> down towards the floor, and then jerked back up, and we all kind of looked over and gave a dart, you know, of like, dude, not cool. And then, you know, we went on for a little while longer and the person, you know, was talking and just talking and all of a sudden the camera starts dipping again. And just and it's like But he was and, talking and as he talked he started to fall asleep. No, the the, the, the oh. speaker, the presenter okay. was, was speaking and, and we saw the camera dip again. And um, uh, we were doing the thing where the, uh, the the camera was on a separate channel. And so I just told the switcher, I was like, you need to tell that person, one, they need to lock it down, which for anybody that doesn't know, you can literally just lock down the camera thing so it's not moving. And 
um, and this is not okay, <laughs> you know, using harsher language uh, than that. <laughs> and if they don't, you know, wake the heck up, um, and uh, if I see them dozing over it again, they're not going to get paid is basically what it boiled down to. Ooh, interesting. Um, can so, you legally do, wait, can you legally do that? Can you not pay someone? That if- is a great question. I think uh, it's uh, a, a good, that's a good question for our legal friends out there uh, in the industry. So if someone is failing on the job that badly, whether it's falling asleep um, mm. or uh, or something else. I've got another story, actually, we can talk about in a different context uh, regarding a very similar issue where that threat was made. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to hear if anybody knows if you can not pay someone or deduct mm. their pay based on their performance on site. I think it'd probably be more of a, of a, of a negotiation. Like, yeah, hey, you sure. go to the AV company and you say, hey, I've, I've had an AV company say, you're right, that person was terrible, I'm not going to charge you, we're going to eat that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen as a client, like, uh, like, yeah, we're not going to charge you for it. I'm wondering if, like, from a, a final employee standpoint, though, too. But, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. I think at some point, if you're not getting quality labor, what it is, you should definitely say, that specific person, I don't want to pay for. Because, like, I mean, especially say it on site as it's happening, too, because I... I hate when it's like we were really unhappy with the quality and it's like a week after the event. And I was like, right. wait, I didn't see any of this stuff. Obviously, you should have let me know. I would have taken care of this. So I think that's also important from a management standpoint that's as well. That's probably a good point to throw in is is make sure that if something like this happens, you, you mention it, you know, just so that you've got a backup, you know, maybe throw it in an email or something just so that there's a record of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, hey, you know, as you noticed, you know, at some point during the speaker, the camera started <laughs> dipping. Clearly, the camera person was struggling to stay awake. Um, so, so you know, we've seen this with camera people. Well, I've seen it with camera people. We've seen this with a, a, a audio tech, a lightboard mm-hmm. operator. I think at one point or another, I've seen every position uh, in production get a little dozy and at least do some head bobs. So how, how does it happen? Why does it happen? What can we do to prevent it? Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's start with the the ones that are, uh, are are a little bit harsher, and then we or no, let's start with the empathetic. I think let's start with the nicer, and then let's get to the the peop- the, the worst case scenario, right? But first let's start the with honey, the nicer. Then the stick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's start with the first one, which might be that um, that for some like let's say for example you had rehearsals until midnight, and your call time is five a.m. That means they have an hour to get home an hour to get back to on show site, maybe 30 minutes to get back because there's no traffic at 5 a.m. And so they only got three hours of sleep. They're just like running on fumes, right? Like I think that's occasionally, probably at least once a year, I something like that ends up happening. And you that's where also hopefully like your, your production manager, whoever your lead is on the show, um, works with that or is recognizes that's going to happen. That person's going to be really tired and maybe they get another person or maybe they figure out a way to say, hey, dude, come at the last minute so that way you get as much sleep as possible. But um, I've seen it usually happen when it's happened from the, on the good side from the empathetic standpoint. It's usually because they didn't get enough sleep. 100%. And, and I, I frequently will look for opportunities to split shifts. Um, you know, okay, you know, rather than having the same crew uh, you know, the, running the award ceremony that night, you know, look for opportunities to say, hey, we're not going to rehearse that until three o'clock that afternoon anyway. Have a second crew come in at three as opposed to five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. Run that on the same gear um, and rehearse that with that crew because it's a totally different thing, right? So you don't need to have the same crew. 
Um, mm -hmm. So you can look for opportunities like that to split shift things. And then the general session crew gets to leave at, you know, 6 p.m. as opposed to 11 o'clock at night after having been there, you know, stupid o'clock uh, in the morning. Um, so, so, so taking a look at your schedules, taking a look at, um, you know, opportunities to split shift, taking a look at opportunities to break people, to just go away and take a nap, you know, in a chair somewhere, you know, goes a long way. Um, this, you know, this is something that I've been talking about for literally 10 years is especially with these big annual events the people you know behind them you know the people who work for the company or the association the stakeholders because it's an annual event that's kind of their super bowl right it's their it's their world cup it's their it's their thing every year and they're willing to go 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 you know, stay up till two o'clock in the morning, get a, you know, get up at four, you know, da, 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 you know, and for three, four days straight. But then they go home. They go home, they take a week off from work, you know, they go to the spa the next day, you know, they extend with their family, you know, things like that. And we don't get to do that on the AV side, on the production side, right? We just roll nope. right into the next Tomorrow, one. right? And same thing. Right? And so it's the next one after that. It's the next one after that. It's the same answer that I give when people say, well, where did all these union rules come from? You know, why does it have to be a 10-hour day? It's like, well, because the human body can't do 15, <laughs> 16, 17, 18-hour days day in and day out. It's why we have labor laws. Right? Yeah, totally. You know, it's because, you know, people used to have to do that in a factory, you know, working 18-hour shifts and then come home and have like two hours of sleep and then go work a second job, you know? Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, these laws are there for a reason. Be Try to be respectful of it. Understand that this might be your Super Bowl, but it's our Tuesday. So, yes. you know, so, Ooh. so just, just be aware of that. You know, when you're, when you're planning your schedule, be aware of that when you want to run through it one more time. Um, Nick Borelli and I have, uh, have an event brew that's on its way out at some point talking about how to say no and when to say no. And that's an important part of that conversation, being able to say, you know what, we're good. We don't need to run it one more time. There's, there's, a, there's a point of diminishing returns where tomorrow you're more likely to F things up because you didn't get enough sleep, because you stayed one more time and ran it through one more time. So be aware of those diminishing returns. Totally. Now the stick. Uh, that was the empathy. Uh, now uh, it's the, yeah, now yeah. the stick. So, so maybe this one, this is like a medium in-between thing, but there are some people I know, some technicians I know that are just sleepy people. Right. Like they, mm, okay. they, they, they can just like, for some reason, if you do not keep them active in doing something, they just start to doze off for some reason. Right. And I'm not saying necessarily these people are bad technicians. I see them do incredible work and solve problems on the fly. They can be like halfway into falling asleep and then an issue happens and they solve it faster than I could have when I was fully alert. Right. Um, but one of the things I think is that be aware of that as a manager, like if I was a, the, the show caller on the show or whatever it may be. And, Make sure they're in the right role, I think, that isn't going to keep them, you know, dozing off or whatever it's going to look like, or make it so then that way you don't kind of give them that opportunity. Don't give them the opportunity just to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put you backstage and you're going to be like, you know, your feet up and you pressed one cue and you're good to go. Maybe right. it's something like, hey, hit your cue and then telling them to stand up or something like that. Like sometimes it's a little bit of like a team effort to coach okay. them yeah. and yeah. be like, hey, get your blood going. Hey, dude, I noticed you're do dozing off. Go up and take a walk. I'm going to sit in your position. I got this one cue that's going to come up in a couple minutes. Um, and, you know, go grab a Diet Coke or whatever it may be. And sometimes that fixes the problem right away. Um, and I, I think a lot of times, too, like, I, I don't know many technicians who 
don't find it embarrassing if they fall asleep. You know what I mean? Like there's some bad technicians who oh, are yeah. totally cool with it, but there's some people out there that are just like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, I'm really, I'm dozing off or whatever. I mean. Or maybe it's just a one-time thing this has happened too. Right. I've seen that happen a lot as well. Um, you know, so. I, I've, I've frequently said that one of my favorite clients of all time uh, was when back in the day when I used to work for uh, the uh, work on the shows for the Institute of Internal Auditors. And I loved those guys because they were always on time. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they were very Bean County and their their like least organized day was better than anybody else's best organized day. But the content was brutal. And so for me, those shows were the ones where, you know, as a show caller, I was dipping head, you know, real, just like, vroomp, vroomp, you know, like so hard, you know, struggling to fall asleep. But you bring up a great point of, you know, managing a crew. And so as, as the show caller, frequently, I'm in kind of in that position to, you know, kind of, you know, okay, we're in the, you know, 30 minutes into an hour keynote with 176 slides, you know, we're running on autopilot at this point. Now's a good time to maybe just chit chat a little bit, you know, Hey, this is what's coming yeah, up. Like you know, I'm this calm, is, these yeah. are the other things, you know, Hey, I'm just curious. So like, sometimes I'll start a conversation quite intentionally um, because it looks like people are starting to doze a little bit, or, you know, you can just feel the afternoon logies of like we had, you know, we had flat meat lunch um, and it's, you know, it's sitting pretty hard. Um, and the logies are starting to set in and you know the while it's boring now it's going to be crazy in an hour with the big fi big finale and the wrap up and the videos and all that kind of stuff so i think you know frequently then you you know you just look for those opportunities to 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 talk about what's coming up you know just to just to kind of wake people's up a little bit yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I love that idea of like just starting the conversation. I think, you know, a lot of times when this is happening, you're on calm, um, and all the headsets and you're just recognizing like it's quiet. Because I've, I've had on so also you'll have a really chatty crew and they get really dead silent on calm. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, they're dragging. OK, let's like let's make this fun. Let's keep it active. And that's also a part of like the culture of the company yeah. um, as well. Um, so I think that that helps a ton. So. That's right, why got, we started playing production bingo in <laughs> one, one of my recent shows. <laughs> exactly, just to, exactly. Just to help pass the time a little bit. Well, that, that's falling asleep. But I think there's also the other one, too, which is like very common, like getting on their phones, having their tablet out, you know, maybe putting yeah. Netflix and putting EarPod in as well. And some of these start to, I think, now hit um, these as well as we kind of go along. Um, so I think a, a, a reason why these this next one, potentially this could be happening if they're falling asleep or playing on their phones or things like that, is overstaffing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely con a contributing factor sometimes. Right. And sometimes it's out of an abundance of caution. Right. I I've often said that most of the time, AV companies aren't trying to hose you. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're usually throwing on extra gear because they want to make sure they're covered. Um, you know, so anytime that the bid has been overbid, um, it's not usually out of uh, a dark place. Right. It's out of a, an overabundance of caution. And I think the same goes for labor. You know, we're just, you know, we're not feeling comfortable that you're comfortable knowing what your show is going to be, um, I think is where it comes from. So this idea of we're going to make sure we're good and well covered. So we're going to have, you know, an A1, an A2, uh, a lighting person, uh, someone on the switcher, someone on graphics, someone on video, someone on shading, you know, making sure the cameras look good. Um, all of those individually staffed. And especially, I think, on a new show, a new production that you've never worked with that client before, I think you're going to frequently have that again out of an overabundance of caution. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, you know what? Graphics was just sitting there most of the time. They didn't have a lot of changes. The, the PowerPoints were relatively simple. There was only two video roles. 
that next time could be a combined role for sure um, where you've got slightly less people um and then sometimes it's just the nature of the beast right you you need that lighting person there for the last you know for the opening 15 minutes and the closing 15 minutes and a couple of lighting rolls in between and maybe there's some award ballyhoos but most of the time they're just sitting there with nothing to do but you still need that person right Totally, totally. I think you, I think you bring up a really good point too. Like, I think what, what the questions that I would raise, and this is a random question, thought process of it, of it, um, and I have the answer to it, so I'll just ask the question. The answer is that someone might say, well, okay, if they have nothing to do, then and they're just we realize one day in that we don't need them anymore. Why don't you just cut them and never have them there and you know save the client money or whatever it may be? Well, like a lot of times um, is that you have travel involved in this, so this person flew in yeah. for the show, so you can't just say like. All right, just go back to the hotel and you're not going to get paid and you're not going to do this work, right? They're like expecting this paycheck. Yeah. Um, and then even if they're a local guy, though, as well, like the chances of getting on a show the same day or the next day, is really, really hard. So you kind of just have to follow through with it. And it sucks. And But I think that that's – you brought up a good point. That's where a good AV company at the end would say, you know what? Um, we didn't need that person. We, yeah. uh, we, they, they, you know, we're good without that and, and willing to, to, to make those sacrifices as well. Um, if they aren't, if they, if they, someone's falling asleep or everyone's bored, they look like they have nothing to do and they don't have a good justification for why they are. Oh, maybe that is a reason for negotiating, but, um, I definitely think that a good uh, company will go the other way. And the phone thing can be kind of a double-edged sword, uh, as well, as far as keeping, you know, it's, it's something that they can do to keep themselves occupied. Right. So as long as it's not being a distraction though. And then when the cues do come, they're they're not. So that's that's one of my other stories. Is um, I was working on site and I got to call a show in a famous music venue. It was like you know bucket list type stuff for me. Cool. And but it was it, we had to use their staff, um, and it was a typical corporate awards show, right? So it's a lot of uh, grip and grin, and you know people approaching the podium and th thank yous and you know that kind of thing and. While the person that they had was probably a phenomenal mixer for, for you know, music groups, um, they could not have cared less about having, being, I think, being forced to work this corporate gig. And so sometimes, you know, someone's core competency kind of comes uh, into, uh, into, you know, into, um, uh, I'm blanking on the word, but, you know, it comes into play, let's just say. Um, you know, so that person is probably a phenomenal audio engineer uh, for uh, music groups, um, but literally was so bored, hated the fact that he was there, was on his phone on Facebook to the point where we had to post someone, like go over there and tell him his cues are not on Facebook. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so literally the dude went over there and literally, I was kind of joking, but literally said that uh, to to the guy, which made him even happier. I believe me, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but I you know that's one of those times where I you know have never wanted to crawl through a headset and strangle someone more than I have on that show because it was just basic level stuff, stuff you and I take for granted. Like, okay, now they're you know gripping and grinning, so you take their mics down so you don't hear every. Oh my gosh, it's so congratulations! Sad. And then the hug the. <laughs> Of the hug, you know, as they go in for a hug on the microphone yeah, yeah, yeah. on the lavalier and stuff like that. So, you know, just basic level stuff. That, and so paying attention to the core competency of your AV techs can go a long way towards alleviating that as well. That's such a, I mean, that's such a solid point too, Brent. I mean, like, 
Yeah, I've definitely had that for sure. So I think one of the important things is that probably at this point, everyone's wondering like, well, what, wait, how do I know when I'm overstaffing my event? How do I know when I'm, you know, uh, hiring someone for their core competency? Um, and uh, it creates for a great transition uh, to talk about this sort of stuff. Um, most people don't realize this, but when I started uh, uh, this company as a DJ company, I knew nothing about production. I didn't know what an audio engineer or any of this stuff was. And very, very early on, um, I learned what this stuff was actually um, by taking Brandt's <laughs> class um, at the Event Leadership Institute. Um, and I very much still to this day thank the Event Leadership Institute because it was where I learned a lot of basic stuff, started to learn like what how planners think and what they wanted to know. Um, and Brandt's class to this day, as much as like when I first learned it, I still send my employees who work for an AV company to take <laughs> Brandt's class because I think it's such a good kickstart into the thought process that we need to have when it comes to this sort of stuff about staffing, about what kind of gear I need, what's an audio engineer versus a video engineer, all those things like that. Um, so it gives a great transition for me to be able to promote um, one of our partners, the Events Leadership Institute, who actually has classes on this stuff. In, in addition to 180 video courses, interviews with event leadership, uh, event industry leaders, white papers, ebooks, awesome blog posts, like so much good content. You can take one class if you want to learn just about AV, or you can sign up for a monthly membership if you want tons of content. There's so much good stuff, and it's all CMP credit, y'all. So if you're looking to get your CMP credits in, you can do that all day long. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm super excited to have uh, event leadership as, uh, as one of our uh, partners in, uh, in 100%. this. Hundred percent. And what blows my mind is that it's not just you know the technical production class obviously i love it if people took the class it's something that i devoted a lot of time you know and work on over the last years uh to make it go but they've got so many other topics right so like like actual stuff. business topics like how to mm -hmm. build your event business how to grow your event business what do you do if you're just starting out you know creativity design you know all of these things career building networking you know all of these things are available not only as like individual classes but also for like a low monthly fee so you can really just do the Netflix. You can just binge, mm. you know, binge so watch all of these things, um, uh, you know, in order to just help yourself grow in your career and improve yourself. You know, finding time to do that can be really difficult. So we really want to thank Event Leadership Institute for helping people do that. Absolutely. And so if you're looking at checking this out, you haven't heard of it, or if you have heard of it and you're looking at getting a sweet little discount, check what? out ELI, the number four, dot me me slash etp for event tech podcast so again eli the number four dot me slash etp for event tech podcast and you get that 20 percent discount off that's of both right. either a monthly membership or some individual courses and that's pretty sick honestly i'm not gonna lie i wish they let me use the discount because i would save so much <laughs> money on my staff training costs on there so that's awesome thanks again for eli for being a part of the show Absolutely. All right. So we talked a little bit about the phones being a, a double-edged sword mm -hmm. um, for keeping people awake or, you know, uh, also being a distraction. Do you, have, do you have anything more you want to add to that regarding uh, the, the, you know, the looking over and seeing the tech on the iPad or something like that? You know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm always, uh, I always bring it up to the person too, where I'll say like, hey, just so you know, like, like one of my big things is always making sure don't do it around the client. Like, Ooh, just be, if you aren't aware point. enough to know when the client's right behind you, you aren't aware enough to know what's going on in the show. So a lot of times too, like I'll, I'll dig on, on even, and I'll admit, like endless teammates where for a real, it's a really dry show. The, yeah, the accounting conference, you know, whatever it may be. They might be like, look, I had to run one queue and now I'm on cruise control for an hour. You know, I'm like, dude, just 
just if you can't see the clients right behind you, then there's probably a potential issue. Um, so, you know, I just always mention, and I think it's one of those things just like over communicate as well. Like uh, my hope is that any technicians who are listening to this, uh, this has happened to you before as well, is that you take that feedback with gracious open arms and say, cool, thanks, man. I appreciate you letting me know. Um, no problem at all. I think it's the worst is when it gets bottled up. And we talked about this note about it in the middle of the show. So the feedback can improve and get better. Otherwise, if you don't change behavior on the spot in which it happens, the behavior never changes. Um, and I think that's one of the best things that you can do is just note it right then and there and try to change the behavior. Don't bottle up and say, oh, you know, it's because it's, it's slow right now. And then when you do actually need them, then they're like, oh, sorry, I was, I was distracted, whatever it may be. Like uh, fix that behavior on site and not with like a, hey, come on, man. Like, like you said, right. give them some true good advice give them some actual tactical things and then try to help improve that as well like you said get the chat going get um yeah you know maybe the, making sure they're the right competency getting them to stand up things like that i think just far too often we we want to complain about it afterwards and then there's nothing can be changed there's like it, you know, yeah whatever. give a little slack too you know so again you know you understand that that can be a tool to keep your keep your people frosty and so i'll usually if i look over and see that i'll kind of let it go but if if i feel like it's becoming a distraction is when i'll say something you know hey you know just try and you know put put down the netflix you know every now and then when you when you hear talking in your ear that's a good time to you know maybe you know start to listen and, and pay attention so yeah. yeah approach it with empathy be be you know forthright um i struggle with it as like anybody does right so i had back-to-back -back shows where where one the tech table was open behind me to an entire trade show floor so i didn't feel comfortable like being able to you know, check my email and stuff like that, because anybody walking by would see that that's what I was doing. So be aware of your surroundings. Um, and then on another show, I had the client sitting next to me. So it's another <laughs> one where it's kind of like, yeah, I, and even though, you know, she was on her phone and stuff the whole time, I wasn't comfortable doing that, For sure. um, which kind of sucked. But you know what? It's, you know, the, the other times there's plenty of time to check your email. And sometimes I'm the most caught up, uh, you know, when I'm on a show because I have those moments to be able to, uh, you know, bang things out because you, you are shackled to the table. For so sure. it's kind of a blessing and a curse on that as well. So I, as I with all of these things, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just kind of summarizing, you know, the empathy, you know, balancing the empathy, you know, with the stick of like trying to understand why it's happening and why they might be doing it. But then, you know, ultimately you got to get the show done. I, I got a good one. I don't think it's going to warrant a full episode. So I'm going to ask this question right now. Pre-production, like pre-proing another show while you're on a show, good or bad? So you're getting ready and prepping a show, another show while other shows like having downtime or whatever it may be. And like you're building out the designs, getting the crew ready, sending off emails. What do you think? Part of <laughs> it's life. such a controversial topic yeah, yeah. in the production it's, world. <laughs> it's part of life, I think. I think, and I'll be honest with you, I tried to be better at doing that on my last few shows. So finding the time, like not just being like, oh, I'll take care of it when I get home. Oh, I'll take care of it when I get, because I was on the road for basically January. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and totally. there was no, like had I just put everything off and I put a lot of things off, you know, I would be so dead and so far behind on things. So I think to a certain extent, it's a part of life. It's a part of, you know, you've got to be working on the next one while you're on the current one. As long as, right, here's your asterisk, as always, as long as it's not interfering with the running of the current show. And sometimes I have to tell upcoming clients, I'm sorry, this show is way more than I thought it you know, was going to be. I have to give my full attention and focus to the show that I'm on, just like I will do for yours. 
definitely, definitely. I think it's such a like it's a taboo thing, right? Like everyone's like, well, I don't want to. I'm pre in this stuff, but some yeah, it's a fact of life. And I think as long you said said 100 percent right, as long as it's not distracting you from the current show and what's actually happening, I would almost rather have you pre proing the show rather than catching up on Netflix or falling asleep or something like that. Because at least it's like, hey, this is productive work time and everything like that as well. And let's be honest, it sometimes you just run out of time or the client makes a change one week before the show you're already on a show so you gotta make up for it and figure out what you're gonna do on there as well um so i got a good a good question for you um so kind of we've hit some potential reasons why this might happen as well let's say this is happening and it's not acceptable i think a lot of planners out there who are listening maybe right now say okay well what, what what's the best road of action we hit on a little bit of it about how you might be able to deter it, but let's say it's just it's absolutely terrible the dude straight fell yeah. asleep you knocked him on the shoulder he fell asleep again right like and it's not good what how do you handle what do you do one document it right so we talked about that we touched on it say something don't be afraid to say something but you know maybe say something to the production manager or you know to the show caller or somebody like that so that you're not you're not the one that's being the the, the disciplinarian right there's there's other people whose job that is um, and then, you know, try and again, you know, you've, you've, you've approached it with empathy. You've approached it, you know, with, okay, this is bad. Really being honest with yourself of how bad it is. Um, I've absolutely been in the position where we've had to fire someone mid-show. Um, I'm sure you probably have as well. And Tons just being, times. you know, really being clear why that needs to be done or how it needs to be done, um, uh, you know, and not doing it lightly. Um, you know, I was, I've been in a position where, you know, we, we had, we had one of our great A1s, you know, just stop by to say hi, cause he lived in that town. Um, and was like, yeah, I'm on vacation this week. It's sweet. I get to take time off. And then the A2 that we had on that show was just brutally awful, you know, snuck out to get cigarettes, you know, when, when nobody, you know, he thought nobody cared and then would be late to pin a microphone on someone and then just reeked of smoke was just a jerk in addition to that. So it was like multiple things. It wasn't any one thing, but you know, that's the last person that someone sees before they go on stage, right? So you want that experience to be a good experience to make people feel good as they're going out on stage, as opposed to Mr. Jerky face that smells of smoke and the reeks of smoke. Right. And we had to call our buddy and just be like, is there any, I know you're on vacation, but this dude is terrible. Please, please, please. And you know what? I frequently say the best A2s are RA1s. Um, you know, because they know what they want. They know what the A1 needs, you know, you know, so he shows up the next day in a suit and, you know, ready to rock. And, you know, the client was so, so appreciative, you know, that we made that change midstream of, you know, they like, well, we didn't want to say anything, but yeah, and thank you so much. So it wound up being a real, you know, a real relationship saver awesome. uh, with the client. That's so awesome. I mean, that's just the proof of the example. I mean, that's probably the number one tip I would give is just like say something as it's happening. I mean, like this comes with anything. If you're not happy with the video screen quality, you're not happy with the lighting, whatever it is, like AV companies crave feedback. And and I just – the biggest pet peeve I think I sometimes have as an AV provider is when we do the whole show thinking it was rocking and rolling and we get blindsided in the debrief. And we're like, right. this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. And we're like, well – okay, I didn't know that was not acceptable or what, what your standard was. And especially for first-time clients too because you're still trying to figure out what your level of standards are on there as well. Um, and it's it's tough too because then I also get the argument too that like there should be a standard it should always be at and things like that. But like, for example, I've had it on shows like where I've been on, a, you know, on my laptop answering emails 
And, um, you know, I think that I end up, you know, knocking out a couple emails here and there, and then I miss a cue or something like that. Then I get yelled at in the debrief about what happened. And I was like, well, also at the same time, I would, if I had known that standard was there from the beginning, probably in day one, I would have said, we need to get another person because let's be honest, if your level of this kind of cue firing off at this point, even if I wasn't sending you off emails, I would have missed that yeah. cue. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough, right? Because you, you, it's you know, you work your behind off for two days, getting everything set. It's it's hard then when the client goes, yeah, does it look a little blurry to you? You know, and when you know that you know they've been working on it and they've you know they've tried to get it as crisp and clean as possible. So that's another when we need to be empathetic moment, right? Where we need to be like, yes, I would so much rather want you to say something rather than just swallow it and sit on it, you know, and then hit me at the end of it. So we need to keep that in mind when we hear that that feedback coming from the client. Um, um, you know, uh, regarding how things look or how they feel about somebody uh, on the staff, we need to bear in mind, hey, this is their baby too. And they've got, you know, as much or more, <laughs> right, <laughs> probably more, uh, right to, 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 to bring something up and to say something. Absolutely. And I definitely think one of the big things coming home from empathy, like just come from an empathetic place. We're all humans when it comes to this right. sort of thing. And I think that's, we can go do so much further and we'd be so much happier as human race if we were all more empathetic along the way yeah. as well. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this as well when you brought it up is because I've been where, where you just get a venom sometimes of like, you know, I had a guy fell asleep on my show. It's like that, like that kind of venomous, like, you know, how dare that person, you know, when you don't know the circumstances that were around it, you don't know what, you know, the, the situation was. So yeah, as long as we're all kind of treating each other with that kind of uh, empathy, I think it goes a long way. I couldn't agree anymore. Well, I empathetically thank you, Brand, so much for uh, doing this episode with me and getting a chat about a, a question and topic that we hear about all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, if for everyone who is listening out there, you know where the place to go get some more resources, tips and tricks and get the text version of this. If you want to send this off to someone who's managing an AV company for you or you want to send this off to your AV company to some tips on how they maybe can better manage their AV technician. I don't know. Send over to eventtechpodcast.com. Go check out the episode. I'll show links, all that fun stuff. You know what to do. Also, our subscription links are right there. Um, Spotify's blowing up. It's like becoming one of the fastest growing podcast platforms. So if you want to go check it out and listen to the show on Spotify, go check it out at eventtechpodcast.com. All the links, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google Play, all in there all the day, uh, including, um, you know, we want to know, like, if you have a good story, because we, everyone's got a story yeah. about this when it happens. What's your favorite story? About Tech falling asleep, asleep, distracted, watching a movie. What is it? What's the most, what's the weirdest story you've got on that? Please Dang, hit it. The, cam yes. the camera one is pretty, pretty epic, I must say. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious in retrospect, so, right? Someone, someone's got a good story. Because everyone's got a story. Let us know what it is. And if you want to get that story over to us, best way to do that, you can actually send us an email. And big shouts to all the listeners who have been sending us emails, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Or if you want to post it on social media for everybody to see, just make sure you use hashtag eventtechpodcast. We'll catch it on there all day long but feel free to shoot us an email we like talking to you guys all day long well i think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the event tech podcast will curran brant krueger we're going to get out of here thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the event tech podcast thanks again for listening to the event tech podcast be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode we'll see you next week on the event tech podcast